What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who is working out now, well, so he can feast next week, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yeah, I guess you got to prepare for the the incoming overload of calories. At least that's what I've learned in my 55 years. I just turned 55 the other day. So wisdom comes at that point that I cannot handle Thanksgiving without preparing for Thanksgiving. Oh, no doubt. Now, we are uh, less than a week away from the holiday. One of my favorites, because it's all about food and family. And we have our kids coming in from out of town, our daughter from college, she'll be home. And it's just always such a joyful time in the house. But, you know, tell me this, how many times do we have at the end of this meal, a bunch of kids lying out on the floor because they have eaten so much? Yeah, they must have learned that from their father. (laughs) When I was a kid, we didn't know the word tryptophan which is that thing that makes you sleepy when you eat turkey and have things that have lots of milk product in it. Well, Thanksgiving's full of all of that, even right down to the uh, to the uh, pumpkin pie. So yeah, by the time you get done with a Thanksgiving meal, usually you're ready to sleep. But, you know, that's the, the kids go down now, but we're, you know, in, in our eating habits now, you and I, we don't get that um, like we used to because we, we have been really mindful of, of not... Not consuming. I, I can't consume milk like I used to. Mm, Just sure. Uh, and it's again, again, uh, it's a day to give thanks. And it's a day to actually, you know, I was reading an article and it talked about giving thanks. Thanks for everything that we have. But also to remember to give thanks that we don't even know about. You think about the things that happen in the whole of creation, all of it leading up to a single point and beyond and, and how much of it has affected our own lives, but we don't know of that. So it's a good time to remember, yes, we thank you for the gift of our family. We are thankful, especially in this country, we are given so many blessings to have food so readily available, to be able to have our family join us. Yeah, and, and again, to, to give thanks for those things that we have and the things that we don't even know that we have. Scott, you often, in most cases, will be at church on Thanksgiving morning celebrating Mass. Right. I think I think as Catholics, we, we particularly embrace Thanksgiving, even though it's a civil holiday, not a religious holiday. We're always giving thanks. So Thanksgiving fits right into our M.O. of who we are as Catholics. And and we instill that in our kids when family comes together, that that prayer, that presence, that grace of being together resets us, transforms us into being once again um more at peace with what we have and are responsible for in life. So yeah, for, for Catholics, we take Thanksgiving and embrace it in a way that I think others may not, but we perpetually give thanks, don't we? Every day mass is said perpetually throughout the year, a, a Thanksgiving is going on somewhere in the world within the Catholic church, which is beautiful to think of. And here we have this moment to stop in America and say, what are we giving thanks for? For Catholics, I think that gives us an opportunity to really step into the fullness of our faith uh, with our family. Well, and as with all things, there are no coincidences. You and I, in our preparation for getting our show started today, talking about 
Thanksgiving and the Eucharist. And its translation in Greek means Thanksgiving. No right. coincidence there. Right, right. And, you know, I think a lot of Americans don't necessarily make that connection that aren't Catholic. But for, again, us as Catholics, that's our MO. The source and summit of our faith is the Eucharist. And Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So it is the highest praise we can give God to receive the Eucharist. And that's that's the that the praise is all about gratitude, thanksgiving to God. We have nothing that, that we do say or have that isn't gift from God. Well, we are looking forward to this holiday again as the family comes together. But in again, an appreciation of all of the blessings that we have. Well, we have so much to be thankful for, even amid the time of year and season that we are coming through with COVID. Still so many graces to bless us. And that leads us into the topic for today's show, because Scott, coming up, I had an opportunity to talk with an author. His new book is called Creation, A Catholic Guide to God and the Universe. The author is Christopher Baglow. He's joining us today. And we're going to talk a little bit about creation, because, boy, when you're talking about giving thanks, it's all around us. God's creation is all around us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the origins of the creation and whether or not it's still happening. And then after that, we'll talk about how faith and science do have a common ground. So we have a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. I love everything about you, don't you know that I'm thankful for the blessings and the lessons that I Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak. You can find me at deepadventure.com. The other night, I woke up from just this incredible dream. I was surfing my way down the face of a glassy, perfect wave. It wasn't 20 feet, it wasn't 40 feet, it wasn't 50 feet. I can't even tell you how big this wave was, but I was very well aware in my dream that I was surfing a wave in heaven. We need to remind ourselves of the splendor and the wonder and the amazing future that we have awaiting us in heaven. Thomas Aquinas, who I just love his mind, wrote so many words, I'll probably never be able to read them all, and if I did, I could probably never comprehend them all. He had the experience of being taken up in a vision or maybe in his spirit, to heaven. And when he returned, he stopped writing. He said everything he had written up to that was just straw. Thomas Aquinas never wrote again. He was so struck by the awesomeness of the beatific vision of God and of heaven. God created you. He created me. He created mankind to have relationship with him. He sent his only begotten son to redeem us. He became man so that we could become like him and even partake in his divinity and enjoy the trinity of love. Do you think that God just created us to live in this world and then go to heaven and then just cool our jets up there and play harps? God has a great plan for you. We're going to be living on into eternity. God has a beautiful plan for you, not just here on this earth, but in heaven. We can look forward. I don't even know to what plans God has for you or God has for me, but it's going to be awesome, and we're going to be doing it and living it in his presence. We're going to ride the waves of his glory. Until next time, this is Bear Wozniak. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com.
Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer for thanksgiving. Let us pray. We are grateful, O God, for all the blessings you have given to us, but most of all, for the richness of your mercy and the abundance of your love. May we who have received so much be mindful of those who have so little. As we give you thanks, help us to show our gratefulness through our care and attention of those who are broken or despised. United by your love of us and our love of you, may we come to know that we are all brothers and sisters relying on your providence and each other. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Why do you listen to Mater Day Radio? Is it for the prayers, Catholic news and education, or to be inspired? Whatever your reason for listening, we are grateful for your support. And as we surpass 30 years of broadcasting a gospel message, we hope you will consider leaving a legacy for Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. This can be as easy as including Catholic Radio as a beneficiary in your will. For more information on estate planning options, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Was it a random bumping of molecules that set the entire universe in motion? Or was it carefully and thoughtfully orchestrated? Oh, by God. Theologians and scientists may be on opposite sides of the discussion, but still we search for answers and purpose. In the next installment on the Engaging Catholicism series from Ave Maria Press comes Creation, a Catholic's Guide to God and the Universe. Author Christopher Baglow helps to neutralize the unnecessary conflict between faith and science. Krista is the director of the Science and Religion Initiative in the McGrath Institute for Church Life. Well, and he's joining us today. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Brenda. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, Chris, I must say you have managed to get quite a bit of information on creation in a very compact book. So let's start here. The Bible gives us an understanding of creation happening over six days, and then apparently it was so much work, well, God took a day off. Was that the end of it, and then nature took over, or is God constantly creating every day? Oh, it's definitely the latter. For Catholics, the Bible is ultimately telling us about why God created the deepest meaning of the universe, the deepest identity of things that go far beyond what any cosmologist or a biologist could tell us, right? And what um, our doctrine of creation tells us is that God is right now saying, let there be light, right now saying, let the earth team with living things. Creation is not about something that happened at the first moment of time. Creation is about what happens at every moment of time. Right now, God is causing all things to be and, out of his goodness, causing them to be causes of each other. And so, faith and science go hand in hand. Science tells us how things cause each other on their own level. Faith tells us that God is the ultimate cause of all causes. 
Well, Chris, in your book, in explaining a kind of a scientific random evolution of just things bumping in, into each other, you use that ever popular license plate road trip game. Kids today are really missing out. I know they are. <laughs> Back in the day when uh, I took road trips, it just was you actually had to look at the landscape around you and part of that landscape were other cars. So my sisters and I, we would we would compete with each other looking for license plates from different states, and we'd get a point for every one we found, right? And that brings us to that whole issue, interestingly enough, of chance and purpose in the universe. Um, From one perspective, the cars that we saw on the road, it was a matter of chance. You didn't know what other cars would be there. You know, if you could, driving from Louisiana, where I'm from, to, you know, the Smoky Mountains or to the Florida Panhandle, it was really cool when you saw an Alaska license plate or a Hawaii license plate. Those should have gotten extra points, mm-hmm. right? But all of those people driving those cars had a purpose for where, for being there. It was chance from our perspective because we didn't know that whole purpose. We couldn't see how it all came together. But for God, at least from that perspective, nothing is a matter of chance. For God, the chance uh, that we see in the universe is actually part of a wider plan by which he allows his creatures to pursue the ends for which he created them and ultimately to bring about this amazing universe that we study through science. Chris Baglow is joining us today. His new book is Creation, A Catholic's Guide to God and the Universe. Well, as I said in the open, Chris, your book, really compact, just like the rest of the Engaging Catholicism. You've gotten a lot of information in a mere 100 and, well, about 130 pages here. But what is important, and I think you could maybe write volumes on, though, is real simple. And that's the question, why? Why did God create us? If all the possible things that God would do, he created each of us. And apparently, he he does it continually. Again, the question Mm -hmm. that, that scientists, theologians, always searching for, the why. What do you say? Oh, well, ultimately, he, he created us because God is love, and all things exist through the love of God. At least that's how the great English mystic Julian of Norwich put it in her reflections on creation. And that's one of the things I talk about in the very first chapter of the book. I think that a lot of times today, people think of creation as a matter of mechanics, divine mechanics, and divine power. But the deepest reality is that creation is about divine artistry and divine love. And that God, who is perfect freedom, creates a world that of perfect freedom that freely develops so that it can produce creatures like you and I who are capable of loving him in return. That's the ultimate, the deepest meaning of why, or deepest answer to the question why. Well, Chris, so if us Catholics will say, and Christians and all those that believe in creation, we have an understanding we've kind of come to a point here. And then opposite that, there's that pure science, the one that's telling us it's molecules and it's the bumping of and it's the evolution. And we got to look at the billions of years that it took us to evolve. Is there a common ground or a place where we can exist between our faith and what well, science really has kind of proven some things about? The whole Catholic intellectual tradition is about finding that place. One of the things I do is I talk in the book is I talk about St. Augustine and his amazing idea that life, including human life, 
must have been created by God from the very first moment of the universe as a potential in the universe to develop because of God's wisdom, right? He would create a universe that was capable of doing his will. And his will, as we learned in the first creation account, is that the world be filled with all kinds of living creatures. So there you have this kind of openness from the theological perspective that can be filled in with the details from the science perspective, from that pure perspective of science that we talk about, which doesn't seek to tell us why the universe was made, but does seek to tell us how the universe was made and how it develops even today. Well, Chris, after getting through quite a bit of understanding about creation, about setting some, we'll say, ground rules about faith and then also about science, now you take your book and you link evolution to the resurrection. How are those Mm -hmm. joined? Sure. Well, that's actually an idea that was stimulated in my mind by Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI. In his book on Jesus of Nazareth, he talks about Jesus' resurrection as a kind of evolutionary leap, right? Jesus moving forward to a new way of living. You kind of think of it this way. In evolution, biology had to develop over billions of years Mm -hmm. in order for it to produce a creature that was capable of love, us, you and I, right? Of love in the true sense in which we image God in the way that we know and love. Well, in the resurrection, love, thanks to Jesus' offering of himself on the cross, becomes the foundation of life. The situation is reversed. Now, our everlasting life is founded on the love of Jesus, which never disappoints and never wavers. And that's the message of the resurrection for all of humanity. Not something that just happened to this one person, this divine person who happened to also be fully human. But what path that opens up for a new heavens and a new earth in which God will be all in all, as St. Paul says. Well, the name of the book is Creation, a Catholic's a Catholic's Guide to God and the Universe. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Its author, Christopher Baglow, is joining me today. Chris, the good deacon, well, he's a scientist, and I could imagine him and a group of his friends or a mom's group getting together and using this as a study guide, because along with this, people have the ability to download a study guide and some questions. What can they find in that guide? Oh, just some questions that are based on the chapter that can open things up for further discussion, the various chapters that can open things up for further discussion. Um, it's a really nice, handy tool that makes this book something that can go beyond just individual reading and individual interest. It's something that people can share at the parish level at the men's group, um, or whatever else it might be. Oh, well, it is a wonderful opportunity to get together, and it's a great resource, especially when you've got to tackle a big subject like creation. Again, the author, Christopher Bagelow. Christopher, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it was my pleasure, Brenda. Thank you very much for having me. So the name of that book in its entirety, Creation, A Catholic's Guide to God and the Universe. Again, it is out by Ave Maria Press, and it is part of the Engaging Catholicism series. I will be sure to add links to where you can find that full series, and you'll find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. I see trees of green. I see them blue
think to myself What a wonderful world Wow, Scott, it's such a huge topic to try to wrap your mind around creation and and the idea of how we, the Bible tells us about six days and then God rested on the seventh. But, you know, it is so much more than the this, this story of a week in the life of the universe, because, you know, that's a, a story meant to help us understand. But it's definitely greater than that. I think in this book that Christopher wrote, only scratching the surface. Right. And you think of Genesis and that is only scratching the surface of the mystery of who God is and how he works in this creation he's created. And so I think at minimum, the creation story is the Jewish community's way of forwarding the faith through their children. What do you teach your children? You teach them in something that is, is literally compact enough that you can begin to, in awe of it, break it open. Scott, recently you and I were on our last camping trip of the season and we were sitting out uh, next to the fire. It was a clear and very dark night and we looked up at the stars and we just thought, wow, look at all of that. And we began to kind of look at what we could see. Uh, Even a little bit of our own Milky Way was Mm -hmm. present to us because it was so dark that night. And it makes me think we're really a speck in the scheme of the whole universe. And yet God knows each one of us and loves each one of us. And we've been created so uniquely as every star that we could see that night created uniquely and so much more that's not visible to us. You know, I think people make a distinction between science and faith in a way that keeps it, keeps them separated. But as a scientist, as a wildlife biologist in my training, we're trained to observe and as a deacon in the work that I do in community, we're trained to observe and, and in the observation be compelled by something to speak about it or move forward. So in science, you, you have this structure by which science can move forward. Similarly in our faith, when you observe and see something, someone in need, there is a process by which we discern and move forward. So there's a common ground there that isn't intended to be distinct. I think in our society, we've we've made the distinction that is um, unfair to the history of, quote unquote, faith and science. The term even is just that that limiting component when we think of science. Well, that's separate from. But so many uh, of so many people of faith have been connected intimately into science in the science that we recognize in the world, many of them Catholic. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, in our off-air discussion with the author, Christopher Baglow, he told me about the website, catholicscientist.org. And there are thousands of faithful Catholics who also have you know backgrounds in science, who believe strongly in what science has allowed us to understand. I think science has also allowed us, though, to also understand God in a special and unique way through what he has created. I also love the part in my interview with Chris where he makes the connection with evolution and the resurrection. Mm. 
kind of share with our listeners some of our discussion that we were having about that also. Yeah, I think I think he really inspired, as he said, uh, by uh, Cardinal Ratzinger of, of the time, that salvation history through the Jewish community was brought forward through this recognition of Passover and the traditions and, and learnings of the faith brought up to that point. But when Jesus comes, there is an evolutionary change to not only the first Adam, because Jesus becomes the new Adam, but he's also the perpetual sacrifice. No longer does the tradition of sacrificing a lamb on Passover apply because Jesus is the sacrifice. He has given himself as the lamb in the Passover that he endured with his disciples. So that's an evolution. It's an evolutionary change of, of God's salvation history because Christ did this singular act of being uh, so vulnerable to the world to succumb to it, to come to serve, not be served in the ultimate way. And in doing so, he serves on the cross as the perpetual sacrifice, which we now view as thanksgiving when we receive his body and blood. Scott, just talking about this, it allows me to try to think and really understand this. It's not linear, you know, from the beginning to when it all ends, but it's constantly renewing. It's constantly turning. It's constantly being recreated. And this idea then that, that we were going down this path and by the presence of Christ in the world changed the direction and our eternal life for all eternity. I, 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 it's just incredible to try to understand it that way. But you think about just in any given moment, God's presence in the creation of a new life, in the creation of a storm, of the wind, of the ocean and its movements. A again, it can be so overwhelming to understand. And yet maybe all we need to do this week is to just know and see it for the gift that it was and to be able to say thank you in a unique way, maybe spending some time in adoration this week might be the perfect way to do that. So as we lead into this Thanksgiving week, Scott, you end us in a prayer. Yes. Lord Jesus, we, we give you thanks, great thanks for your presence and your willingness to die for us. And in so doing, give us the opportunity to be with you and with the Father and Holy Spirit eternally. We trust in this kernel of faith that is growing within us, that is evolving within us, continues to evolve in us as our baptism continues to save us, and we hope to be saved at the end of our lives. Give us hope this Thanksgiving in a new day as we move forward from this period of trial. And we ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week because we'll share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Akins and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.